another edition of the Varsity Podcast. We're coming to you a day later. Got some you know time sensitive high school news and wanted to get that in from yesterday. So apologize for the delays, but we want to keep you as updated as possible. Justin Barney, Sponge Franklin. Sponge, last week of the high school football regular season, week 11, we, it sounded like a broken record, but this season has just flown by. Yep, took, took a, a jet and just, it's over, you know. It's, uh, this is it. <laughs> this is the last week. So it always, it always is a little, you know, bums you out a little bit how fast it goes. You, you know, you, sometimes you don't take advantage or you kind of just feel like you're in the moment and you're five weeks in, six weeks in, and next thing you know, it just it's, it, it's wrapped up and you're either – Last game of the season, or you're yeah. going to the playoffs. Yeah, or starting basketball season, yeah, one of the two. Exactly. It's, it is just, it flies by, and I kind of sound like a broken record, but in August, you feel like you go into this, you know, this maddening stretch of covering the games and, and being out at games, and then you wake up sometime in December and say, what just happened? Yeah. The season totally. is just such a blur. It's like NFL season or college football season. Once you get into that zone, the coaches are different. When they're in season mode, they're just so one-track mind. The players as well. And it's kind of, it's kind of like that uh, covering the sports, too. So, um, like we always do, we like to look back before we look ahead. Week 10 of the season had some uh, some pretty big games last week on Thursday and Friday night uh, due to the Florida-Georgia game. So, Sponge, what was your takeaway from, uh, from, those, uh, from those games Thursday and Friday last week? I think the big game on uh, Thursday night was that Ed White Terry Parker game. What a game that, was, that turned that, out to that, be. That was actually a back-and-forth battle. Uh, both teams – Terry Parker got up early. Ed White fought back. And, you know, just a lot of grit Ed White showed by coming out with a win. You know, both of those teams, you know, we know can run the ball. We know Terry Parker had a little bit of uh, struggles on offense. Their defense was really, really good. But Ed White, you know, pulled it out at the end with a tight game. And, you know, it was a big win for them going forward because we knew – after that Baker County loss, you know, how, how would they rebound? Where would they be at, you know, mentally, you know, losing that the district game? But I thought them coming out getting the win right there was big to, you know, close out the, the rest of the season here heading into the playoffs. Yeah, it's a big win for uh, for White. Scored with uh, less than two seconds to play to clinch that one. And, um, you know, Parker in the loss that wrapped up their regular season at 6-4. and four. I, You know, I've seen them play several times this year, and I think, you know, kind of one of those unsung guys on that that team. I know Damani Dent is the big guy, the headliner, uh, Michigan commit. But man, C.J. Dorsey, yeah, he's is a stud. just he's a stud. insane. That kid is. I've seen him return punts, and he's second highest interception total in the state. Yeah, he's pick He city. is just a monster, and he's not a huge kid. No, either. no, he's not. But he's he's a playmaker for sure for them. And yeah, I, he, I love watching him play. He has been, you know, I know Roman Doles, Damani Dent. Those two guys are the the headliners there in terms of recruiting and and whatnot. But man, C.J. Dorsey has had a hellacious season, and uh, really kind of the key to to what they do on that defensive side of the ball. So. A uh, huge win for them. My big takeaway on the Thursday night games last week, uh, range 35, Columbia 13. Yeah. Saw that game, a little bit of a torrential downpour at halftime. Uh, but, man, the range Vikings, that turned out to be their regular season finale. Their game against Vera Beach canceled on Friday night. So, I think that you know that, that game showed me two things. Range is, is probably better than we thought. And Columbia's offense still – cannot trying find, find a way trying, to, trying just, to find its way still you, you know they had they had the nice outburst in that fourth quarter against Riverside we talked about that one where they you know came back on a storm and won that game in an upset fashion but literally you look back at all their big games that they lost and it's all because offensively they just can't get it going they don't score enough points Reigns obviously we know has a good defense 
and basically recipe for all those losses. They just got to get something going on offense yep. to get it going, or, or if not, you know, they're going to be finding themselves out pretty quickly in the playoffs. Really, just one bad loss for for Reigns, and that was, um, you know, they lost to Columbia by, excuse me, lost to Trinity by six. Not a bad loss for them, um, but Clearwater Academy International put a number on them. Yeah, that was they they got whacked in that game, and again, going back to that Clearwater team, you know, we I saw them in that epic you know overtime game at Trinity wanted to see him against Bowles didn't happen because of the weather that one got canceled but that that team was pretty good they're good you know offensively defensively there's kind of a well well team you know well put together team they play good you know run defense they play good on offense they can run it throw it so they, they kind of a are a mixed bag and that gave Reigns a lot of trouble that night you know obviously that that was their biggest loss of the year but really and truly when you lose you know to a team like that and Trinity week one, you know, you can't really yeah, not a bad, fault them. Yeah, you know, not, they, they have, they've had, a, they've had a, a good season, which I kind of figured this would be where they were. Yeah. You know, so I think they're definitely a team that's going to be a problem in these playoffs. And I think, you know, if they get a good draw, you know, how far can they go is the big question. Yeah, and they're going to have a good RPI seed, um, them, them being already done with their season. Um, locked in pretty high, I think, uh, maybe a number two seed in Region 1-5A. Okay, Friday games, a couple stood out to me. I thought Creekside was uh, a nice win over Oakleaf. Really kind of had to have that win. Um, Jackson 26, West Nassau 13. That locks up a winning season for the Tigers for the first time since the Kevin Sullivan era. Great job by Christopher Foy and company there. Tigers uh, Tigers going to make the playoffs legitimately this year, not like last year yep. when everybody yep. made it. So that was a big one. And the two di- big district games – uh, for me, um, Gainesville 17, St. Augustine 14. That could wind that up being tight, huge for St. Augustine. They may wind up missing the playoffs. They're uh, they're on the outside looking in RPI-wise right now. And then Clay uh, just absolutely got filleted by North Marion 39-7. Blue Devils are not going to make the playoffs. Needed to win that game to win a district championship. What about you, Sponge? What was yeah, your uh, Friday night? I, I thought that we we talked about – we've been talking about Nice all year. They needed to win that game against Fleming to get in. They did. That was a that was a nice win for them to come back after they kind of lost that game to Fletcher, you know, in nail biter fashion. Good win for them. They're going to make the playoffs, I think. Are they going to get in? I yeah, think, they're yeah, going to. They're going to. That, gonna, that's, that's what, that was a big one. For I them. think that was the clincher to get them in or whatever. But I think the other game that's the surprise is you know what's going on with the Bulls Bulldogs. Yeah, you know, two in a row for them. They you know we talked about it a little bit, and going back to you know when we were breaking down the Trinity game, I thought one of the biggest things that could be a, a problem for them was we know who Cade Frew is. We know the team is run through them offensively. You know, can they pass the ball? Can they get some yards downfield? And basically I think it's come to bite them a little bit against a tough Buholtz team last week. And then True Prep, we know they're kind of like a mixed bag, like one of those, you know, international style teams. Um, you know, losing two tight, tough games. You know their defense is going to keep them in every game, so they're going to be in every game. But – what can you do offensively? Can you be two dimensional instead of one dimensional? And I think you know that's one thing they got to figure out going forward is getting a little bit more passing involved in the game plan than just Cade Fruit. Yeah, and there's no Davis Ellis. He was just exactly. phenomenal. Like he's he was a, he was definitely a problem. Like you had to worry about him, you know, stretching the field. Now, you know, DJ he can do the RPO game, but if he comes in the game, everybody kind of knows that's what his game yep. plan is. You know, Jackie Judge, when he comes in, he might be a little bit of the throwing quarterback. But, again, there's nobody, in my opinion, on the outside that can stretch you that really scares you. So they, they do what they do. They play, you know, run the ball at you. They're going to win on defense, win on special teams. Offense and defensive line, you know, is a real good 
But when you get in those playoff games against Coco, Cardinal Gibbons, you got to be able to be, you know, two-dimensional offensively. You can't just be, we're going to run it and just hope that, you know, our offensive line is better than yours. We're going to get holes and Fru's going to break long runs. And defensively, we're going to shut you down. I mean, that's easier said than done. So they just got to – I think they'll be fine. And, you know, I know Toblin will come up with a game plan. I just don't think they have that as, you know, kind of building off what you said. I don't think they have that versatility that's like they the, that's had. That's part of the problem, and definitely. You, you don't just, have that. You can't just find that. So. Yeah, and you don't have that Davis Ellis kind of guy on the exactly. outside. I mean, he's the reason they played for a state championship last year. Had a huge catch in the state semifinals. At touchdown on fourth down in the fourth quarter of a game that they were absolutely getting bulldozed in. They wound up winning that game in overtime. You just don't have that electric charge other than a Cade Frew. Exactly. And when that's not – I mean, he had hard yardage against Troop Rep. It, it was nothing easy for Cade Frew last week. Exactly. And that's what teams are going to do. These, these these teams are going to be better as you continuously go through these playoffs. I think they'll be fine in these first two games probably until they have to play yeah. maybe a Coco, you know, who's going to be defensively. Coco's always got a good D. So, you know, everybody knows the game plan, you know. So, it's how do you – attack it and come up with something a little bit different, you know, than saying we're going to give it to eight every time. Yeah, and that very unbowls like They were up at halftime. True Pep had nothing on the board, and then the second half they give up 20 points. Now, one of those was a blocked field goal return for a touchdown, yeah, which always, wound yeah. up clinching uh, the loss for Bowles, but uh, very un- unusual for Bowles to give up 20 points and a half, um, you know, to a team that's not bigger than them. Uh, this is not a, a Cardinal Gibbons. It's not a right. – um, you know, Creekside or somebody like that where, where you're, you're dealing with a lot more bodies. So very disappointing loss. And, and True Prep was a late replacement team, too. Yeah. So this was not a, uh, not a, not a good thing for Bowles to, to lose that game. I think a big, um, a, a big thing for them heading into the playoffs that uh, could come back and bite them if you know, teams see that, that uh, how to shut Cade Frew down. We've seen two games where they paid more attention to, to shutting him down, and the, the offensive line wasn't able to open those holes as much. Uh, against Buholtz and True Prep, so interesting to see if uh, this has any lasting effects on Bowles. So, some uh, yeah, some interesting games last week uh, for sure. So Bartram over over Sandalwood was a nice one for the Bears. They wrapped up the district championship there. Um, you know, you mentioned the Nice Fleming Island game that was big for them. Um, you know, another one at First Coast. I mean, they could finish zero and ten oh, this year. Oh How over oh there? It just to me. Had you told me five years ago First Coast would be where it was right now, I would have said absolutely not. You know, it, it, things have changed so much uh, since DeAndre Johnson left campus. And, yeah, to be uh, to be a school of that magnitude staring at it 0-10. Yeah, you know, that's tough. Very, very, uh, very shocking. That's, that, not, uh, that's not buck pride. That is not. <laughs> that, is, that is very surprising. I know um, Coach Marty Lee had tried to get that thing turned around, but has not worked out for him. This year they play Sandalwood tonight, kind of a matchup of two struggling teams that uh, underachieved this season. Uh, Sandalwood a chance to get back to four and six in its uh, in its season. Nice. Um, Fletcher last week took a big L to Pontevedra. Yeah, I don't know what happened in that game. You know, I just know that Pontevedra kind of just steamrolled them. I don't know if you know they just kind of said, "Hey, we went, we clinched the district, we're good," yep. and just kind of overlooked them and was looking past and just didn't come out to play. But that was definitely a surprising uh, number when I saw that one come yeah, out. Yeah, very. I mean, it was it was domination. Yeah, was, domination. Because Pontevedra really hadn't, you know, they've they've been pretty good this year, but they haven't really put a number on yeah, anybody. Yeah, kind of. A, they've been kind of a sneaky team this yeah, year. They've hung around in a lot of games. Yeah. They've been in a lot of games. They've lost a lot of close games. You know, they've won some close games. 
but I was definitely surprised when I saw 35-14. Yeah, against the Fletcher defense that had been pretty yeah, exactly pretty solid this year. So C4 had a big day uh, last yeah, Friday. I was, like, I was like, a C4, is, is, yeah. he, is he too hyped up for the yeah, Florida C4, Georgia inauguration? Yeah, C4, it's his 39th birthday, <laughs> Seattle Bazin's 39th birthday. He goes into the Florida Georgia Hall of Fame uh, and then plays against Ponte Vedra that night, which is a great rivalry. That game should be played every year regardless of their district or not. To me, a, a niche Fletcher should play every year and a Ponte Vedra Fletcher should play every year. That's just those games make too much sense. Yeah. Um, you know, again, if if that's not a district game, I still think that's a natural rivalry. Um, you know, Battle of the Beach or whatever Beachside, you want to call yeah. it. That's just a game that I think needs to be played. Okay, let's jump ahead to Week 11. Another uh, kind of a crazy week where we got games, more games migrating to Thursday night after uh, some expected weather uh, on the forecast on Friday night. What's uh, what are your takeaway on these final? Final games of the regular season. Yeah, there's there's not too many uh like cream of the crop type games. You know, there's a lot of just the end of the year, you know, games. I know there's two decent games tonight. Uh Fletcher Fletcher Mandarin, you know, that's just a that's just a good game because it's we just talked about Fletcher. Mandarin was one of those teams that, you know, was you know, disappointing early where they lost those close games. Then they, they had a couple nice wins and they had a couple bad losses. Yeah. So they just kind of been up and down all year. So, but I think it'll. I think you know, two teams that want to you know win and Mandarin wants to win and go out you know with a bang to end the season. Fletcher, obviously, you want to get the taste out of your mouth from that Ponte Vedra loss heading into the playoffs. So I think that matchup tonight is pretty good. And then Trinity travels to Tallahassee Lincoln uh, out in Tally. So you know, Trinity's lost two in a row, not look good. So I know they want to try to get a win to get themselves on the right track going into the playoffs. Lincoln's been a pretty good team. I think they're seven and one. They're one. I know I forget who they lost to, but I know they they beat Bartram at the beginning yep. of the year. So it's not going to be an easy game. You know they went out to Tallahassee a couple weeks ago and caught the L. So we'll see what they can do tonight. Um, you know they played at Gene Cox. That's where now the state championship games yep. are going to be. So you know guys who hadn't played there a couple years ago when they went um, can get a feel of the stadium a little bit, all that good stuff. But you know I think both of those games tonight look pretty good. And you know I, there's some good games Friday as well. I got. Riverside Ed White, I think, is the, in my opinion, the headliner because, you know, Riverside's been one of the top teams in the area all season long. We've talked about them. Ed White trying to get their, you know, their pride back. They had a big win last week, so I, I'd really like to see that matchup. It's, hopefully both teams are playing. I, I don't like when teams are, like, you know, set for the playoffs, kind of rest guys or don't play guys. The old NFL I, strategy. I, yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't like because yeah. I know, you know, we, we talked about that back in the day, like, you know, do we do that? Do we just say, hey, let's let our starting running back get a first half and then we'll just, you know, if we lose this game, we lose this game in a sense mm-hmm. almost, you know. I don't like that mentality. I like the let's win, let's play how we play, let's take this in stride into next week, you know, with a big win and all that. So hopefully both teams are going to come out full strength and try to win the game. Yeah, and at this point you're you're having to worry about um, worry RPI about exactly. and, exactly. and winning strong. I know Trinity in, in that Region 1-2A, UC and Trinity, Christian swapped positions uh, in this week's latest RPI rankings. UC got a tough one on Friday against Atlantic Coast. Um, that is definitely no no guaranteed win. Yeah, um, Atlantic Coast still fighting for RPI position. So the thing that RPI has done to me is make these games a little bit more meaningful where a team like UC you know, would be great to have that game. I mean, that game, a win there would probably lock up that number one seed in Region 1-2A, and by, by looking ahead a little bit more, would give them a home game against Trinity Christian um, in possibly a regional final in, right. in that. So that would be big for, that's for a big, UC. That's a big scenario um, for sure. Atlantic Coast is is in the playoffs as of now. 
They can't afford a loss. You know, Fleming Island, while not completely mathematically eliminated, they are outside of that RPI bubble. They've got a big game against Oakleaf. Two, you know, Oakleaf has had a monumentally disappointing year at four and five. Um, you've got to you've got to go strong. You've got to close strong if you're Creekside against Ponte Vedra um, this Friday night. Seven to two Creekside could finish with eight wins. Ponte Vedra could finish 500. Not mathematically eliminated from the the postseason uh, are the Sharks. So again, there are so many good little strings where right. you know this this week actually means something. You can, you can you know? screw, yeah, you can screw yourself up. Yeah, you, know, you, you either. Maybe drop yourself out of the playoffs. Maybe fight your way in the playoffs. You maybe drop yourself, like I say, a spot down the line where you could have hosted a game. Now you're on the road. You know, all that stuff, definitely RPI has definitely played to where these games matter, and it's not just – And, you know, it's kind of like what you were mentioning a few weeks – or a few moments ago when you're talking about, hey, do we rest our guys right. this week? Well, with this, you know, this is not like the NFL playoffs, which, you know, popularized the, you know, sitting your guys in the final week of the season when things are already locked up. Uh, but high school, I think it 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 really matters. It it took this week of the season used to be the most meaningless in high school football. It, did. it really did. The, I mean, it meant nothing. And you know, your playoff teams are thinking, I don't want to get my guys hurt for right. the playoffs. And your non-playoff teams are like, okay, this is our last game, and we got basketball season after this. We got yeah. nothing. You know, it, it totally a pride thing. But you had to you had teams thinking different things. You know, if you're a good team with a Project a long playoff run. You know, okay, play your starters for a half. I mean, but you know, this in this situation now that we have the playoff format, it means something. You know, you're Bishop Kenny. You've got to play strong, try to win. St. Augustine, you know, you're going to beat Palatka, but you cannot afford. I mean, St. Augustine could miss the playoffs the first time since '98. Um, you know, if things do not break their way, um, and that kind of led me to. I've had conversations with coaches over the years. Do you in, in the new era of RPI? Do you possibly look at scheduling different? Yeah, you have to. You can't. It's just like, you know, we talk about college football. That strength of schedule when it comes to who you're playing, if you're playing, you know, your district games, you know, that's just who you got to play. But then when you look at outside of that, who do we have to play, you know, to make our strength of schedule good? So RPI-wise, you know, you get some nice wins. You got to balance it to where you say, okay, you got to get some of those games where you get some good wins, some easy mm-hmm. wins in a sense too, so you're not losing games. But there's a fine line where you you know you got to schedule pretty good so you can get those RPI points, so you make sure that you kind of lock yourself into yeah. a playoff spot. So for, you know, for a team like St. Augustine, who's not right. in the strongest district, you know, you played, they picked up bowls, they played bowls, which yep. was a good one. Yep. Um, but do you start to look at? You know, Palaka hasn't been good in however many years. This right. is one of the longest rivalries ever, and I think there'd be a an outcry if St. Augustine and Palaka didn't play in the regular season finale anymore. But in the new way of thinking, you know, the, the RPI, the college football playoff scenarios, you know, it's it's strength of schedule matters. And if you don't have a strong district that you're in, yep. um, and I've had this conversation with numerous Gateway Conference coaches that, you know, you're almost locked into playing these Gateway Conference games, um, you know, to, to fill out – um, you know, a schedule and, and you know, gate, you want to play a gateway opponent. But, you know, numerous gateway coaches said, hey, we, we don't want to play the, yeah, the Wilsons I, and Inglewoods anymore. I, the gateway conference thing needs to – that's a waste in my opinion. Like I feel like you shouldn't have to be locked in to having to play those teams just because you call it the gateway conference or whatnot. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you play your district teams and then, in my opinion, you go get whatever game you can get. And that means – if that means scheduling up, 
schedule tougher opponents that are kind of out of the area, then I think you should go do that. Just to give your team if you're if you're trying to get in the playoffs, that's to get in the playoffs. Also, is to get you playoff ready, you know. By some of these teams, mid-tier teams, if you're playing and beating up on a, a Wolfson or a Stanton or a Paxson or whatever, you know, um, it's not getting you ready for the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So you gotta, it, it, like I say, it's a fine line to where to where you can schedule and who you can schedule and all that. But in my opinion, scheduling up to get your RPI up, get your strength schedule up, is 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 better for your team, in my opinion. Yeah, and, you know, you look at a St. Augustine, for instance. I mean, they played Bartram Trail in non-district they play bowls in non-district those are two, that's um, two really tough teams yeah and those are tough teams <laughs> played you know menendez is not a, a typically a strong team but they're a rival so you play them um so you're almost penalized by a soft district yet you schedule hard and you wind up you know you're going to be six and three and could miss the playoffs. so um I, I don't know i don't know what you could do more if you're a st augustine kind of team uh, just kind of how the the cookie crumbled this year, but um, I know from having these conversations in the past that coaches um, have really, in this new era that we're in, have really kind of um, said, I really don't like that we have to play these teams. I don't like that we have to uh, fulfill this agreement here. You know, it doesn't make my team better. So it'd be interesting to see if long-term, if any of that changes uh, with the new RPI thing, if, if there's enough noise made uh, in this scenario, because some good teams are going to miss the postseason. But I do overall like the RPI situation better than what we had in the past where you're having, you know, the district champ and a runner-up go. And some of the districts didn't deserve one team in the playoffs, right. let alone two. Yeah, when you would look at some of the schedules that would come out when the when the playoffs were set and you're looking at, you know, a team who's, you know, the top team might be, you know, 10-0 and 0 or whatever at the time, 9-1, and 1, and they're playing like a 3-7 and 7 team, you're just like, this is a joke. How is that possible? Like, yeah. is, you know, I'll use as a team example, I remember a couple years ago, like Gainesville Eastside got in the playoffs. I feel like they were like one in nine or something. Yeah, I think they were winless. <laughs> like, there was a, there know, was a winless They, they got in just the because they were the second team in the district. And yep. it was like, that to me is terrible. Yeah. You know, so like that, you're not, you get better games in the playoffs, you know, by a team who has a better, in that same classification, who has a better schedule. And won three or four games. Maybe they, maybe they were four and six, but they were four and six, not one and nine. Yeah, you know, to give you a better bit, a bit of a challenge in that first round of the playoffs. So, like, I definitely agree. I definitely like the RPI over the yeah. district. There one were, and two I mean, winners. there were districts that were two and three teams. Exactly, that was another thing. That's too. unbelievable. Yeah. And I think that Gainesville Eastside district is a point of that where I just don't understand how how a one and nine team gets in the postseason. And if you recall, even I think three years ago when Jackson. Um, tied in the playoffs and this was under even under the newer system but Jackson tied and uh, for this RPI percentage thing in the schedule um, or in the in the playoffs with the team I believe it was Gadsden County or East Gadsden and that's um, a coin flip it was a coin flip um, I, th- I remember and that. that's yeah that's, that's it was bad. a uh, I believe it was a winless team that made it in over Jackson and uh, that uh, that led to some changes but yeah I think the RPI is is here to stay that's what it's you know that's kind of what college and, and everything has gone to and I think it's a better system I think coaches and athletic directors will just need to kind of find that balance of you know you know do you replace a rival with a better team on the schedule you know record wise um, you know just looking at this RPI thing and I think that's probably a question that's going to continue over some time the, the RPI thing is still relatively new if you remember last year everybody got in the playoffs if mm-hmm. they said they wanted 
uh, wanted to be there due to the pandemic. So um, I think next week, Sponge and I will talk about, you know, a little bit of, you know, this week doesn't matter in the in the grand scheme of things. Next week, looking ahead, maybe we can talk some playoff matchups. I think that's going to be on everybody's mind. Definitely. And um, as we kind of get into those playoffs, you know, kind of recap the season, maybe our best games. Um, you can tell us what you want to hear about, but top players and stuff. We did kind of a midseason breakdown with those and uh, kind of interesting to see now on this backside of the schedule how those midseason players of, uh, of you know, kind of our watch list right, players, right. Um, if those guys still held up for the second half of the season. So parting thoughts for you on this uh, this final week of the regular season. You know, it's like I say, it's gone by fast. You know, it's it sucks that it's over almost in a sense. Yeah. But, you know, you get down to now where it's fun because it's uh, meaningful games, playoff runs. Let's see if, you know, some surprise teams can get going. We know the, the teams that we think are going to you know, have success. Um, so hopefully, you know, that our area can uh, – do something in these playoffs and, you know, make a few runs by some teams that we're not, you know, not expecting. So, um, all in all, I think it's been a good season. I think uh, for the most part, um, we kind of know the teams that are up there. You know, the Super 10 has kind of been pretty steady, you know, fluctuated around. You know, teams go up and down. But for the most part, those 10 teams have been probably the best 10 teams in the area. You know, so I'm just looking forward to uh, closing it out and getting the playoffs cranked up. Yeah, sure. we moved, had our, our third new Super 10 number one team of the season this past week. Bartram Trail moved up with Bowles as lost, Riverside 2, Bowles 3. Uh, Bowles and Trinity have been the other two number one teams this season in our area. But, again, I think those teams, I think Bartram's going to have a very tough go of it in Region 1-8A. But, for sure. I, yeah, I can look right now and, and say I think the – We'll probably have two teams play for state championships. Yeah, I think it'll be Bowles. I think Bowles will get there despite its its struggles, and I think uh, Trinity, UC Survivor. If I had to pick right now, it'd probably be Trinity um, making it in two A. So I, I I would be disappointed if we don't have a two A state champ, be it UC or Trinity Christian. For sure, I, I I definitely think Trinity is is the team to get there from from this side of the bracket when we when it's all shaken out. And then pretty much everybody feels like it's going to be Champignot down from Miami. So that's the potential matchup. Obviously, if UC pulls the upset, that's who they, they've played them the last several mm-hmm. years they've been in. So that looks like it's going to be potentially the game. And then, yeah, Bowles, like we said before, I think Bowles will be fine. The big question is, you know, that Coco game will be a, a beast. Mm-hmm. You know, it, there'll, be a, there'll be a problem on defense, and, and that'll be a tough one for them. So I think they'll – I think they can get there. Then the whole question is, you know, winning it. That's that's the yes. whole other. Yeah, so a whole you don't animal. never know what's going to happen. That's a whole other animal when you get there. But you know, the, I think those two definitely are, are are for sure, not for sure bets, but in a sense for sure bets. Yeah. Everybody else has got a tough hill to climb, in my opinion. Yeah, I do. I think so. I think when you get into eight A, seven A, six A, and five A, it becomes such a crapshoot yeah. in there. I mean, you, especially. I mean, the first two rounds to me. I think Reigns can make a little run. I think they can win their first two rounds, and then when it gets to the that third round is like, the trip that, up. That's that that's, to me. I, I I was looking at that one a little bit further, and that definitely that third round is going to be a tough game. Whoever they got, whoever whoever comes out of that section, yeah. region, whatever, is going to be a tough game for them. I definitely think they can win the first two, and I think Riverside can probably win the first two as well. But after that, then it gets tough. Yeah, in a hurry, <laughs> and that's that. You know that separator is always that third round because you know in the regional early regional rounds you're going to probably see, you know, a, a, a team, team that's okay. You know, and then you might play a team you've already played. Yeah, and you know you kind of have a feeling of them, and you might have beaten them already, so you got to beat them again. But you you know you have a or you can get a rematch because I think looking at it you might get a 
Lake City, Columbia, Riverside rematch yeah. in round two. It maybe. always happens. It, Those it, guys always. It, it seems like it might that might pan out too, but you know we got to wait for these RPI numbers to come out finally. But yeah, I mean that's that's the tough thing is you might get that you know round one game where you're just better than that team and you get the win. Then you play a team you're kind of familiar with and you get a win. But then after that, then it's tough. Yeah, and that's you know <laughs> you look at. Yeah, 8A has always been difficult to navigate. I mean, you've got the, the your Bartram and Creek side will be in, um, but you've got to go through those Central Orleans, Orlando yeah, teams, yeah. your Popkas and, and whatnot, and that's mm-hmm. always a tough uh, tough draw. So I don't know if Fletcher has enough in 7A offensive-wise to, to make any kind of run. Um, you know, I think that's uh, I think 7A is going to be challenging for our area teams uh, to move on, be it Nice or Fletcher. Um, 6A, eh, I just don't, I don't see a lot of movement in there. Um, you know, especially if St. Augustine doesn't get in there. St. Augustine has always been a good playoff team, but I just don't know if they've uh, if they've got it this year. And then, you know, the cluster of teams in 5A where we're going to be yeah. the most represented, um, you know, they're going to knock each other out. And, um, you know, probably by third round we'll have one team left localized. Yeah. So always good to watch. I think our strongest success playoff-wise, and I think Spongy Grease will be in those lower classifications, uh, 4A to uh, to 2A. I, you know, I, I, I don't know – who comes out of that 2A thing? I would, right now, I would say projection-wise, Trinity Christian over UC. Uh, that's kind of been the, um, the the ongoing thought. But that's going to be a classic matchup. Yeah, no, I, like, like, you know, we'll finish out this. We talked about the two games, you know, today, tonight and tomorrow, both for Trinity having a big game against Lincoln and UC playing Atlantic Coast. So, you know, that both of those games will be bangers. You know, both of those teams, you know, UC and Trinity want to win those games uh, to, you know, get a little test of where they are again you know to you're playing both of them are playing up in those games obviously those are two higher classification teams so you know you're going to get that both of them are going to get a bye regardless then you're probably going to get an easier game in that game too then they're gonna have to play each other yeah so you know that uctc will be literally in like what three weeks yeah and that's good that's you know when they redrew the classifications and trinity fell down almost felt bad for uc and david penland i like the team's spaced out to me it's more local teams stretched out across more classifications and you get like we've seen in the past you get three teams in the in the championship game bowls trinity uc right have been those uh, thoroughbreds there um i like that more instead of having those guys and i liken it back to to saint augustine and nice during their heyday when tebow and brandon james and those guys were there you know nice and saint augustine were packaged together for right. a few years and then in 2005 you knew Nice could make a run probably in that 04 season. That was an unbelievable season by Tim Tebow, one of the best seasons I've ever seen. Uh, still ranks in state history as one of the most prolific around. But Nice had to go through St. Augustine to get there. Exactly. And then St. Augustine had to go through bowls to, to get there. So it was such a, a disappointment because you had such good teams and they all canceled and each other exactly. out. You're gonna, you, when you have that type of thing, you're like, man, it's it sucks to see one of these teams have to not make it continue mm-hmm. on because – it kind of like rains and bowls too. Yeah. You're like, both of these teams could probably win state or compete and go to state, but one of them's going home this week. The same same stuff happens down in Miami. I, I look yeah. at some of those matchups. You're like, whoa, round two. You're like, this is who you are playing. Like, you know, Central and Northwestern. Somebody's yeah. going home. Unbe- like, it's unbelievable. You're like, you're like, you know, both of those teams could probably win state, yep. but one of them's got to go, go home, home in the second round. And that's that's yep. that's tough. And so. you know, with with those St. Augustine East teams, you know. St. Augustine beat Nice in the 04 regional final, which is an epic game. And then the next round, St. Augustine got filleted by Bowles, which yeah. won a state title. The very next year, classifications changed. Nice went up to 4A. 
uh, St. Augustine State in 3A, and both of them won state championships. There you go. That's so that's that's why I like having the UC and Trinity in those 2A yeah, and 3A. You already, we always knew we were going. It was going to be – we knew UC was going to be playing down yep. there. We were going to be playing down there, and Bowles was going to be there. You know, and then we're all rooting for each other to beat the South Florida team. Yep. You know, so – that was always fun, but now, guess what? Somebody's going home. Yeah, it's winter go home in that game. And, it, you know, we're being uh, presumptuous and looking ahead in the future, but that, you know, since the reclassifications we're, were, were uh, yeah, were, um, were released months ago, we knew that Trinity and, and UC would uh, be playing in that game. So um, that'll wrap us up football-wise. But uh, for Sponge and I, we've got a lot of other championships and, and sports going on right now, big ones in volleyball. Kind of why we held off on today. We had some uh, some big ones. Volleyball on Tuesday and Wednesday of this week. Uh, Bishop Kenny wins. Harvest Community wins. Ponte Vedra beat Niceville. And Ridgeview beat Choctaw. So that sends those guys onto Saturday regional final matches. That's the third round of the playoffs. Two of these games I want to talk about. Um, they're really they're just unbelievable. All the matchups are two seed versus one seed. But Ponte Vedra is a two-time defending state champion, trying to win three in a row. That's never been done by an area volleyball team. They're hosting Tallahassee-Leon, and that's a battle of national-ranked top ten teams. Uh, the Sharks hosting that one Saturday at 2 p.m. in Region 16A. And I've I circled this one on the Super 6 volleyball calendar um, week, weeks and weeks ago that you could set your clock to having Leon against Ponte Vedra in the regional final, and it is here. And another one I said that you knew was going to happen was Bishop Kinney and Santa Fe in Region 1-4A. That Bishop Kinney, number two, they're going to Santa Fe on Saturday. An excellent, excellent pair of games there. Um, those two teams defending state champions, Bishop Kinney and Ponte Vedra. Um, so we knew those games were going to happen, and they have now materialized. So um, another just a sensational volleyball season. What Ponte Vedra has done, I've, I've kind of beat the drum here in our varsity newsletter. But the Sharks have just been an unbelievable team to watch. Zeta Washington, uh, sensational junior middle, and Coach Robin Minery have just been fun to watch and cover. Uh, two other games on Saturday. Ridgeview, for the first time, going to Lynn Haven Mosley, number one seed there in Region 1-5A. Panthers trying to get to the state semifinals for the first time. And Harvest Community on the road at number one Gainesville Oak Hall. So it'd be nice to see Harvest. They played for a state championship a few years ago. So four great matches on Saturday. Only one of those in town being the Ponte Vedra-Leon game. So we will update you on that one, uh, on those games, on newsforjacks.com and on, on, on air. But we'll talk about those ones next week. And on Friday and Saturday, state swimming championships and uh, really the Bulls Invitational is what I call it. Um, <laughs> Stewart, Florida, the site of the 1A and 2A swimming championships. They are on the 2A is on Friday at 9 a.m. We got a couple good state championship contenders in uh, in 2A. Elisha Dees in diving from Ed White is a state championship contender. Um, there, Nicole Darkuch from Stanton, a diving state championship contender as well for there. So we could see a couple state champions in Class 2A. But the big story is the depth of bowls, just dynasties in the pool for the Bulls Bulldogs. Bulls boys have won 33 consecutive or state championships. That's a national record, and uh, they will certainly try and keep that going. Just their depth 
of those Bulls swimmers is fantastic. Uh, the girls have won 30 in a row. They're the overwhelming favorites there. So when they don't win a state championship, that's, uh, that is going to be bigger news when they do win it. But pretty cool yeah. uh, just that dominance year crazy, after year after year. Pretty, dom- pretty darn uh, impressive. <laughs> that's wild. Yep. Three decades of winning. Three, it's unbelievable to, to put that in perspective. I know they, get, they have a lot of international swimmers, but the fact they keep cranking these guys and girls out is just a, a tribute to them and the coaching staff changes and, and everything. You're still able to pull these swimmers in and keep it rolling, just the depth of those teams. And we've seen it at the Olympic level, too. It's just uh, has just been phenomenal. State cross-country championships are next week, as well as golf. So we will have that coming to you next week in 3A and 4A state championship swimming as well. So hopefully we'll be talking about state championships uh, next week. We'll have a lot more football playoffs coming to you next week. For Sponge Franklin and I, Justin Barney, signing off week 11 of the Barney Podcast. Thanks for listening.